All right. Good morning, Christ Church. Good to be with you this morning. I'm Pastor Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Church, and we are in a sermon series entitled Bold. And we have been looking at and trying to see and understand, really, the opening or the beginning point, the birthplace of the church, and how that translates into when we look at those scriptures, truly bold living on on behest of those who have gone before us and now edifies us as a church people. And so we've been studying the book of Acts, a couple chapters specific to the book of Acts. And we began the series by recognizing the way in which the gospel has called Christian people to truly live these bold, unique, and different kind of lives. Lives that are, are, are out there, that are different and bold according to the world. And so we started with that. And then we moved into last week where Pastor Bob laid out bold prayers that we as a Christian people engage in a, in a relationship with our God in a way that we can actually pray these bold prayers that recognize who he is and recognize who we are before him and help edify us or strengthen us as a church body when we pray, the way in which we even conceptualize or understand him, the way we call upon him. If you remember, the prayer starts Oh, sovereign God, if you remember that from last week, recognizing and understanding that God is a sovereign and almighty God. How does that impact the way that we understand our prayers? And how does that embolden us to pray these truly bold prayers? This week, we're going to be looking at those same stories and same narrative. We're going to be still diving into Acts chapter 4. So if you've got your Bible app, you've got your phone or a Bible with you, if you want to open that up. Otherwise, you've got your half sheet. We're going to be looking at Acts chapters uh, 4 and 5 today, uh, looking at still the continuation of that story, grounded largely in the experience of, of the apostles Peter and John. So, ready to rock and roll? Here we go. Forgive me if I have a coughing fit. I took my uh, Dayquil this morning, and I have water with me. Um, but we are going to learn about signs and wonders and a little bit of healing today. God has so far brought healing to my voice so far, so we're going to trust that it's going to keep going. So... Here we go. Ready? Here's the backdrop. Remember, the church started when God did this miraculous sign and wonder known as Pentecost. There's a bunch of disciples, people who were following Jesus, uh, hanging out in a room, and all of a sudden, this miraculous wind and fire, and there's flame, and there's all sorts of activity, and the people who had been following Jesus all of a sudden stand up, and they can't help but start telling people. It just kind of, kind of, kind of happens that they're in position and place where they cannot help but start telling people about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. They, start, they, they had been with Jesus. They had gone through that experience. They were witness to it. They were participants in it. And so they stand up and start telling the world, anyone who will listen, about Jesus, that he is alive, that he is resurrected, that the, the powers and the authorities of the government had tried to kill him, and yet he had come back to life. And so they stand up and they start preaching and telling, speaking boldly to anyone who will listen uh, about the life 
of Jesus. And in a very short amount of time, uh, a huge volume of people, thousands of people, start listening and hearing this and believing this and saying, yes, I too want to follow Jesus. I too want to live my life in a way accordance to the way Jesus taught, in accordance with Jesus' teachings, and in accordance with the promise that Jesus is, that he represents, that he, he, he makes tangible of resurrection life. And so all of a sudden you have a whole bunch of Christ followers, Christians. And this is the beginning of the ecclesia, which translates to us as the beginning of the church. This is the opening. This is the, the way in which the church was birthed. A bunch of apostles got up, they started preaching and teaching about Jesus, and boom, you have the church. And so from there, they started living life according to the way Jesus had taught and encouraged them. Gathering together, being in fellowship, breaking bread. They started doing and living and being the church. Now, not everybody was excited at this new Christian movement. Not everybody was pumped up and jazzed about this. We saw this in the previous weeks, right? There's the powers and authorities that killed Jesus are not so happy that his followers are running around saying he's back from the dead. And so they ended up arresting some of his followers, Peter and John. Peter and John come before the council, and they're standing before this council, these powers and authorities, and, and rather than sit there timidly, they get, timidly, they get up and they give uh, another round of preaching, sermons. And they start telling the same people that killed Jesus that Jesus is back from the dead. He is resurrected and risen Lord. And so you have not only the church, but you have what we sometimes use the word persecution, uh, the threats, the trouble of the church, and that not everybody understands the church or the message of the church. And sometimes uh, 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 things of great violence, uh, things of great pain and suffering come against the church. That's what happened in the book of Acts that is what happened and continues to happen to this very day. Where the gospel is preached, the powers of darkness and evil are working against. And so we, even today, as is readily evident in recent news, live under the threat of the world, and yet we cannot help but live these bold radical and different kind of lives. We cannot help as Christian people but get up and continue to tell the story of Jesus. And so this is what takes place in the early church. There's great threat. They get arrested. Uh, they get threatened when they're arrested, saying, hey, stop this, cut this out, stop following Jesus, quit this whole Jesus thing, and we'll let you go. So they get released, being told that they can no longer do this. They get together, and that's when they start praying. And as they pray, they prayed the prayer we looked at last week. And that's where we pick up right now. We studied more so the beginning of that prayer. I want to show you the end of the prayer. This is how they finished their prayer. Right? We began with sovereign God, and they lay this all out. But this is how it ends. It says, And now, O Lord... These are Christians gathered, having just been arrested, released, and are praying. Oh, no, oh Lord, hear their threats, acknowledging the threats of the world. 
and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. So let me get this straight. After everything that they just went through, being dragged in front, arrested, dragged, they got thrown in the slammer for a night, they come out of that experience, and they begin by saying, God, we know that threats are out there, but in light of the threats, despite the threats, God, we are asking you to give us boldness in our speaking and preaching and teaching. Give us. They're they're petitioning. They're saying, God, we want this. We want to continue to spread the message of Jesus Christ with great boldness. So give us the boldness that we need. It continues. As they ask for this, they make this petition, this ask, they then come alongside and say the next line, and it's not so much an ask, Notice the words in the wording. It says this, Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. This was not an ask. It doesn't say up there, God, please. Would you, could you sort of please? It's saying, God, give us the courage to speak. And as we speak, as we continue to put ourselves out there, we trust that you will stretch out your hand. We expect, we know, we believe that you will work signs and wonders and miracles as we preach your word. I mean, through this simple prayer, the early church, they are setting up the the long-standing relationship that even carries to this very day in relation to how we as a church continue to partner with God in what God is doing. They're saying, God, we will be your mouthpiece. We'll be the people who speak about Jesus and tell others and invite others into the knowledge and faith of Jesus Christ. And we trust... We believe that you will work signs and wonders in people's lives as we do that. It's setting up a relationship between God and the church as God continues to work out the gospel narrative story. Now, as a side note, if you're not a Christian... Fantastic, great. I'm so glad you're here this morning. This is kind of level 2.0 stuff for even Christians, okay? So if you, you as, as a non-Christian, have experienced or seen, like, why are the Christians always talking about Jesus? Why can't, why can't they be more focused on, like, morality or some of the other facets of, of, of the Christian you know, walk, so to speak? The reason that we stick to the message of Jesus is actually found uh, here in, in what we're talking about today. So that'll be a great insight for you. If you are new to the Christian faith, the reason that we walk walk all over the place and wander all over the place. And wherever we go, whatever we do, the reason that we are always on mission, the reason that we are always preaching and teaching about Jesus is also covered today. So this is actually pretty big stuff that we're covering. This is is the catalyst moment for the church as we examine its birth and relationship between God and the church. 
you might look at it like this. We as the church speak. That's our task. That's our mandate. God has empowered us as witnesses and participants in the life of Jesus Christ to tell others about Jesus Christ. And, 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 and as we do that, we are asking God for the courage and boldness to do that well. Because it can be done poorly, can it not? You've probably seen it done poorly. You might have been a receptor of, of it done poorly. Someone talking about Christ. We want to be a people that boldly proclaim Jesus, even in the midst of the threats, even in the midst of the violence, even in the midst of the things that come against the church and the message of the gospel. We want to be a church body that tells people of the love and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And when we do that, when the church speaks... God works signs and wonders. So in the prayer itself, as they speak and ask God to do this, a sign and a wonder occurs. The whole place shakes, which then is, serves as kind of an affirmation of saying, yeah, I'm with you. I'm right there. I'm beside you. I will grant you the courage that you need to step into those relationships. I'm going to give you the right words at the right time. You don't need to be nervous about that. I am behind you, and I'm going to affirm it with, the, with wonders and signs. That's what happens. After this, the, the meeting place shook. After they prayed this prayer, after they spoke these things, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what, because of that affirmation, they were then propelled to go about and do what they just asked for, and that is preach the Word of God with boldness. And so there's this relationship between God and the church, God and his people. As the church, as we God's people speak, God provides signs and wonders to affirm and support the gospel. Church speaks, God signs. And the next couple chapters, the next couple of verses, I'm sorry, verses all the way through the beginning of chapter 5, that's, that's what the Bible talks about. It gives like example after example of all these signs and wonders. People getting healed. There's like healings going on in the early church. There's some really cool stuff about generosity that happens. I mean, there's some trippy stuff in there that, that, that really like, wow, holy cow. These people are really living and speaking and proclaiming the gospel. And then alongside of that, you see God coming to them and saying, I'm going to bless that. I'm going to work signs. I'm going to work wonders. I'm going to support and affirm my people speaking the message of Jesus Christ. And so you begin to see this relationship taking place. Another way to describe it would be this way. God, in his role, what he has chosen to do is translate the gospel that we proclaim, the gospel that we hold on to, into tangible realities in people's lives. Tangible, real things. When you are in your situations, when you are having that conversation with somebody and you have a moment where you can speak hope into their life, 
where you can come to somebody who's just down in the dumps, having struggles, totally bottomed out. You all know somebody like that, right? Bottomed out, and they need a word of hope. God will speak through you that word of hope. He will speak through your voice, hope. And then he will work in that person's life to bring about in tangible ways hope. Around here we call it life change. As we preach and teach and share the gospel, God works life change, a transformation in people's lives. He meets them where they're at through us. And then he elevates their life to a whole new place by working. He restores relationships. He brings miraculous healings that you just don't quite make sense to us. Or he puts people in the right position at the right time to hear the right thing. And all of a sudden everything clicks. We as the church speak. And it provides God the chance and the opportunity to reveal himself to that person through signs and wonders and life change. The church has many facets to us. We, we as a believing body, we have, we have complexity to ourselves. We are not simple and straightforward. We, we are far more complex. And the Bible is this ongoing story about God's people. It's, it's not simple. It's complex. But there is one thing that is true and made clear in the beginning of the book of Acts. And it is this. Despite our complexity, despite the various many things that we are called to do and be as a church, the first and greatest, our primary, where we begin, where we are birthed as a church, is on speaking and preaching about Jesus Christ. It is sharing the gospel boldly with other people. And as we do that, God will work. When you take the risk of stepping into a situation and proclaiming Jesus, God will work. Now, you don't have to be up on a stage or up, up, up in front in order to do this. You don't have to have a pastoral degree or whatever to do this. This is you. This is the church. This is all of us. You get to do this to your spouse you get to preach to your spouse. Do you realize that? I mean, you get to preach grace and love and kindness and forgiveness to your spouse. Having a hard time? Are you preaching grace? Are you preaching Jesus to them? As parents, we do this as parents. I got a little one. You all know that? I got this little one running around. Boy, I, I feel like I'm preaching a whole lot to her lately. No, put that down. No, I, oh, I forgive you. It's okay. Too late. Right, but that's what we do. We preach to our children, to future generations. Every night, I sit with my child, my wife and I, we do our prayers, and at the end of that prayers, we have a line that we say. We say, we, we talk about it, we're reading through the Bible, and so we'll say, God loves Abraham, or God loves Jacob, or God loves Hannah, or God loves whoever we're reading about, and God loves Annalise. And we wait there so that she hears that. 
And then we say, Annalise, who does God love? And she's learned one, one of her few words, me. Who does God love? Me. Yes. It's my attempt at trying to preach, to be church to my own child, to be church to our spouses, to be church to our coworkers, to be church to our friends, to speak Christ into their lives and trust that God will work. The significance of this is actually affirmed directly in the narrative in the Bible story as we keep going into chapter 5. When you get to chapter 5, you see this again. You see that there are threats that will come against the church, and yet the church remains steadfast in its mission and priorities. The high priest and his officials who were Sadducees were filled with jealousy. So now they, they were released from prison. They're preaching. They're praying. They're living the way Jesus wanted. And the high priests and officials are filled with jealousy. God's beginning to work in people's lives in these extraordinary ways. And the powers of this world look at that and they are filled with jealousy. Because of the influence that Jesus Christ is gaining in people's lives. As a result, what do they do? They arrested the apostles and throw them back in the slammer. Put them in the public jail. The apostles are living into their calling of preaching. They're being church. They get arrested. Here's where it gets interesting. Although they are arrested in jail, an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. As the apostles were faithful in continuing to preach and teach and live the gospel, despite the activity of the world trying to stop them, God provided a sign and wonder through an angel to release them. Cool. Then the angel told them, this is the angel speaking to them, go to the temple, excuse me, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. Excuse me. He told them, go to the temple. Give the people this message of this life. So they were in the slammer a moment ago. They're getting comfy there now. They've been there, you know, twice. And the angel tells them, hey, guys, uh, if it's all right with you, if, if, if it's kind of cool, if it jives well, if you want to keep doing what you're doing, that might be okay. Like, you know, you could keep doing it. No. The angel looks at the apostles and he gives them a direct command, a mandate, despite what they've just gone through, being in the slammer. Keep doing what y'all doing. Keep preaching and teaching and living according to Jesus Christ. Go to the temple and give the people this message of this life. What life are they talking about? Whose life are they talking about? The life of Jesus Christ. And this is like one of those Sunday school answers, right? In Sunday school, aren't all the answers Jesus, right? Whose life are they talking about? Yeah. That is to say, as you go about your life and are faced with challenges and difficulties and threats, 
We, like the apostles before us, like the brothers and sisters and generations of faith that have gone before us, we continue to have that same calling, the same mandate, the same mission of boldly speaking, going to those places where people can experience Jesus Christ, speaking Jesus into people's lives. When you step back and examine the entirety of the birth of the church up until this moment, we realize, we see that we have been entrusted as the church body, as God's people, as the ecclesia, the gathering of God's people. We have been entrusted with the message of life. Jesus is life. He is resurrection life. And there is a mandate, a calling. We cannot help as Christian people but step into those opportunities to preach Jesus. And we trust that as we do that, as you step forward boldly and in faith, to connect with that coworker, to connect with your spouse, connect with your child, connect with your friend, connect with your parent, as you step forward and say, Mom, Dad, let me tell you about something God's doing in my life. This is so cool. As you sit down with that friend and they're having that hard time, you can say that I found faith here. I found courage and hope through this, through, through believing in Jesus. As you face the challenges and threats and situations in your own life, sometimes you have to preach to yourself. You've got to look in the mirror and remind yourself, I belong to God. God sacrificed himself for me. You have to continue to come back to the message of this life, Jesus. And be open and looking for the opportunity to share it with others. As we do that, God will stretch out his hand to work signs and wonders. As we, the church, embody in word and in deed the message of the gospel, as we embody the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. God brings about life change, transformation, signs and wonders. This is what we seem to know and see and even experience right here at Christ Church. We call them God stories. You guys have heard us call, talk about God stories before? Why do you think me and Pastor Bob are always telling you all to t- tell God stories? We want to hear them. We want you all to be sharing them. We want to be all about God stories. Why? When you share a God story, you are both proclaiming and preaching the gospel. God did this in my life. God is so good. God did this amazing thing. I can't believe it. From the smallest thing to the biggest thing, when you share those God stories, you are actually fulfilling the mission of the church 
And you're pointing to the evidence of God's signs and wonders in your own life. The better you get at sharing God's stories, the more that you live into the mandate and calling of being a Christian who shares the message of Jesus Christ. And so, church, how, where, when are you boldly speaking in word and deed the message of life, Jesus' life? For this is our mandate and our calling. Be ready, because when you do, you're going to start to see signs and wonders. Church speaks God's signs. Let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we give thanks that we indeed can come before you and pray. Lift our voices, speak to you. Thank you that we can, like those who have gone before us, ask and pray and invite courage and boldness in our preaching and teaching as we proclaim Jesus in the lives of those around us. I pray for your church, your worldwide church, your local church. I pray that we would live into the mandate that you have placed upon us to to, to speak Christ into people's lives. Lord, we do so trusting believing that you in your grace and in your goodness will continue to work signs and wonders. Stretch out your hand today, in this day, in this time, and work signs and wonders that support and affirm the gospel that we share in this world. Lord, we acknowledge the threats that are out there and yet ask that you would give us the confidence and boldness to continue to live life as your church people. We do so because we have first received the message of life for ourselves, the gospel that is claimed each and every one of us, that your love and grace and forgiveness is present here in this room, and you desire to share it with those not here yet. Embolden us now as we speak, as we proclaim your good gospel message in this world. We ask and pray this according to your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.